Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Hey guys, we are live on Facebook. We are live on LinkedIn. We are live on YouTube. Guys, welcome back to VM Nation. This is going to be an amazing episode. If you ever wanted to become a millionaire, this is the show you need to to listen to. My friend Michael is going to be dropping some bombs about how you can create seven figures in 2022. But first, I want to thank our sponsors. As you know, my, my sponsors are 100% veterans, 100% of the time. I want to thank Kurt Balish of Balish Woodworks. He makes the most amazing woodworks for your house. My wife actually got a cutting board for Mother's Day and is the only one she will use. So uh, you guys are amazing. And also, we know when people become successful, a lot of them become hoarders. And then they start living in the hoard. So guys... Um, Tammy Moses from the Hoarding Solution is helping help helping families struggling with the hoarding hoarding issues. So she's changing the world one home at a time. Definitely check them out. Now, guys, if you want to hit seven figures like I plan on doing in 2022, this is the episode you need to listen to. My friend Michael is going to be dropping some serious knowledge bombs. What's up, brother? What's up, bro? Thank you so much for having me, man. You're putting a lot of pressure on me, but I love some pressure. So let's get it. Hopefully I live up to the hype and the standard in which you set on your show. By the way, I love your show. I haven't stopped listening to it. Uh, I think I listened to every episode the last 24 hours. It's been amazing. So uh, love, love what you're doing. Well, you know, diamonds are made from pressure. So, you know, um, so tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, where you grew up, what kind of little boy were you? And tell us and bring us up to the present. Oh, thank you. Great question. Uh, I was a troublemaker. I was I was a punk of a little kid. I was I was I was a troublemaker until I was twenty. Then I figured out I couldn't be a troublemaker no more. All right. So, um, man, I originally come from New York City. That's where I was born. Uh, moved around Massapequa to Queens. Right. So that's Long Island to Queens. I'm the youngest of six. Three older brothers, two older sisters. Um, my family is a family that served. Right? I think like almost every every. Um, or other, every male in our family served almost, I think. I'm one of the ones that didn't. I say my family, all my brothers served the country, and my dad served the country, and I served time, right? Um, but now, no, but what happened was now I served them when they come back, so that's a long story. But, um, but I grew up, and I thought I had, like, the life, right? Like, I didn't I didn't have it hard. I didn't have to have it. I always say I didn't have to have it hard. I picked to have it hard, right? Like, that shows how dumb I am, <laughs> right? And... Um, uh, everything was like, we were like the leave of the beavers, man, until I was like 10 years old. And my brother became one of the 22 that served the country and took his own life. Um, and that, the impact that had on my family and us as individuals, uh, it just, I don't know if there was coming back from that, what coming back looked like. All right. So uh, from then, us men, we weren't taught we were hurt. We were taught we were mad. Right. So then from 10 to, to damn near 30, I lived angry. Right, but to 20, I couldn't express myself. I couldn't express how what I felt. Right, so I wanted people to feel me. Right, because you always want to be seen, heard, or felt. And I felt like I wasn't any of them. So I got into trouble. I got into fights. 
got into bad crowds, rough areas, did, did things that weren't very smart. At 20 years old, I was facing 20 plus years. Uh, in my last court case, I, uh, I got shot at and I found out I was having a daughter. And uh, because of that last one, I lost my pops when I was a teenager. And because of that last one, I said, I didn't want to be dead or in jail for my daughter. So that, that was the time I decided I was done. And I, I left the Northeast area in New York, Pennsylvania, and I moved to Delaware, the only state that ends in where. Because I figured if you got in trouble in Delaware, you earned it. All right. So, uh, and um, I went straight and narrow, opened some businesses. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur since I was, I was born that, with that kind of mindset of like, try to figure out scheme and hustle, figure out your way. Uh, turned that very legal and legit focused um, in, uh, in 2017. Oh uh, no, 2000. When I was 17 years old, I opened my first legit business at A&M Accessories and More. Right, and uh, from there, Literally since then for 20 plus years, I've, I've had a business or been in business. Now, your story reminds me of a friend of mine, uh, Zach Babcock. You know, uh, he, yeah, yeah, I know Zach. You know, he went through some rough times, um, you know, mm-hmm. did the whole jail Great thing. Story. So now talk to us because I'm from Jersey and a lot of people don't realize how it. tough Jersey and New York City streets are. So what was it like growing up? In, in in the city and trying so to make say, it right what was it like, like you're, you're so right right like i don't think uh, if you didn't come from an area like that you don't understand areas like that and i always tell people like when i was in pennsylvania new york jersey because i bounced around right um wherever you were trouble found you like you didn't have to go looking like there's some of the biggest times i got in trouble we were sitting doing nothing right like or we were hanging out uh on a porch or a stoop Right. Or we were hanging out at a local eatery. Right. Like a local restaurant or bar. Right. Like I wasn't even 21. I got in most of my trouble. So I wasn't like I was hanging out at a lot of bars. Right. It was just when you grow up and especially my brothers, like my older brothers, they had reputations. So their reputations fell on me, too. Right. So before I was even in a room, people knew the favors. Right. And like knew some of the things that my brothers did. And then I was automatically them, too. Right. So then you have to live up to that reputation or people are going to test it. Right? And so when you grow up with that mindset and in that environment, when you don't know the other options, you think that's the only one. And when you think that's your only option, you're going to go hard as you can for that option because you don't want to right? like you don't want to suck. You don't want to be you don't want to be the weak one. You don't want to be the one that's ridiculed or made fun of or ran out. Right. So it's almost like you got to pick. Like what's going to happen? And that's why it's, I always said, like, there was a bunch of people I knew that were willing to stand, fight, and, and suffer whatever consequences from, because we that's what we believed, right? And that's what that's where we were in our mindset. That's what made us men, right? Now, it's crazy now to say that, and I know how wrong I, or, or, like, misdirectioned I was, but at the time, you think that's the only way. All right, so now I got a question because um, I got arrested and I was looking at five years for grand larceny. And um, thank God that the guy that I robbed was a police officer, matter of fact. And he kind of knew that if I went to jail at 20 years old, um, I was going to be somebody's bitch. And so he saved my ass. So what was it like walking into jail and the first time that those doors actually closed on you. 
Right. Well, I got, I got, I got lucky. I never did t- too much hard time. Uh, guys like Zach and Bobby and those guys, uh, they had it worse than me, hundred percent. Um, but listen, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a little terrifying if you're honest, right? Like if I'm being uh, complete with you, and I will. Um, like that that was scary uh, to the point where because it was unknown, right? Like all you hear is stories, right? All you heard is rumors. All you see is movies. You see TV shows. That's what you think it is every day, right? Like you gotta you gotta do things every day to protect yourself or your people or, or like, and um, so when you went in, the mindset of it was worse than the actual being of it. <laughs> Right. Um, so <clears throat> unfortunately, for some reason, that wasn't eye opening enough for me. Isn't that weird. Right. Like I'm like, oh, how slow and stupid was I? Right. Like that. It, it took more than that. Right. Like I always say rock bottom isn't a uh, it's not a measurable depth. Rock bottom. Rock bottom is whenever you determine it is. And that's why we all have different rock bottoms. And my rock bottom wasn't a jail cell. Right. It wasn't being locked up. It wasn't being in court. Like it wasn't facing more time. Like it wasn't that my rock bottom was two times in my life. First time was when I found out I was going to have a daughter and I was just like, is this the kind of person I want my daughter to be around? And the answer was no. Right. Like I wasn't a good enough person to raise a kid. Right. So I was just like, oh man, I got to change. I got to do something. And then the second time was 2011 when one of my best friends took his own life. And I realized I was just a fake POS and I was all about material and money and nothing that of real substance. And uh, I didn't want to be that person anymore. All right. Now for me, you know, I believe the three, the three most important words in English language are today. I decide because we're Mm. all about our decisions. We're all about um, the next decision. So once you made the decision to change that in 2011, what was your first steps to change? Because we can we can always make a decision to change, but if mm-hmm. we don't put action behind it, behind our our thoughts, then we're never going to change. So what right, were your, right. so, so what did you do? Right. So I love that because when one is just talk and the other one's commitment. Right. And that's why I'm like I don't worry so much about what people say. I do worry a whole lot about what their commitment level is to something. Right. And um, the first thing I did was I believe everything goes inside out. Right. So the first thing I had to do was figure out me because it's like that ownership thing. I was the problem. Right. So I had to figure myself out. And then first I listened to that dumb stuff where they're like, go find yourself. Like I was like running or hiding out there somewhere and I just had to go catch me. Right. And I did some dumb things trying to figure out who I was or what I was about. And it, it led me to a stoop in Alabama. And I don't no disrespect Alabama, but Mobile, Alabama, the Mobile Inn back in that time, not a nice place. Right. I was sitting on this like stoop thing and um, I was just sitting there thinking like, <clears throat> did I ever make anyone's life easier? Right. A basketball coach once asked me, coach Darby asked me, he's like, did anyone breathe easier because you existed? Right. And I was like, damn near 30. And the answer was no. And I was like, holy mackerel. Right. Like look at all the time I've wasted. Like I haven't, there's people that love me, supported me and backed me through everything. Right. Like my mom backed me through everything. She shouldn't have, right? I didn't deserve earning it. And look at how I was, look how I was acting, look how I was treating. The best thing about me, if anything happened to me, was my bank account. Like, what kind of minuscule life is that? Right? Because I know we have all lost people. And when we lost them, was our first thing goes, man, I wonder what's in their bank account. 
I, I hopefully it was never the question, right? Um, so I realized I was living a pointless life and what, like, wow, like that's my legacy. That's what I'm leaving for the next. That's what I'm leaving for my daughter, my, my her kids, their kids. And so I started working on me and started asking, uh, there's two things people say all the time. One drives me crazy. They say, uh, the, your life is measured by the questions you ask yourself. And I think that it's incorrect. I'm not saying the questions you ask yourself are not important. They are huge, but the ability you have to answer the question is more important, right? Because there was, I was asking good questions, but I didn't know, I didn't have the understanding to answer them right, right? To answer them properly or to answer them at the max level at which I could have, I didn't know, right? So a great question with no knowledge is pointless. So I had to get here right to be able to do this right. And then I saw like what I wanted, what made my heart leave, what, what I felt joy doing, fulfillment doing. I had, to, I had to answer and go through some of the pain that I hid for years and years and years and years and years, right? And then I saw that like, I wanna help people, I wanna serve people, I want all of us to live this. I don't wanna make it to this destination by myself, right? Like I want to make it to the destination with our people. So I'm gonna help and serve people to get to that destination so we get there together because that's that's more enjoyment that's 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 fulfillment for me that's that's joy you know and, and I, I and i love people that have heart of service you know like i say all the time you know what good is it to have the big house the big car the boat and then you come home to an empty kitchen table yes, that for me oh, that's yeah. not success for yes. me so what did you do? What, what were some of your steps? What kind of jobs did you take? What, how did you um, change your career from 2001 right. to 2011? What did you do differently? Oh, well, 2001, 2011, I opened a bunch. We had a restaurant, a bar, a gift pass company, a landscape company, a property management company, an investment company, right? Like we, we, I opened a bunch of businesses, right? Um, I, I, I love business, right? Like I, I, I love the idea of it. Right. Like I love the concept. I love working at like I love serving people and figuring out how to add more value and, and how to create offers and market yourself and messaging and the impact you can have doing that. I love that. Right. But so then it was like 2011. It was how can I use that and help others while doing it? Right. Rather than help myself. How can I help others? Right. So uh, I didn't know how to do that. Right. So the first thing I did was I wanted to help people. So I started holding doors for people. Right. Because I didn't know how to help them better. But in 2011, I walked into one of my best friend's house, Alex McClure, and I said, yo, we're going to change the world. And he said, are you high? Right? And I was like, what? No. Right? Like, this is the most sober I've ever been. Uh, but we're going to change the world. Right? And he was like, man, people, people like us, we don't change the world. Like, that doesn't happen. And I was like, that's exactly who changes the world. And he's like, well, how are we going to do it? I said, one person at a time. Right? Because I had no idea at that time. Right? I was just like, this is an idea. Let's run. Right? And... Uh, so I started learning. I love human behavior, right? I love neuroscience. Like that's my jam, right? Uh, how people react and why we react, right? I think is is huge. If we can understand that, we can understand how to communicate and connect with people in a way that can make us influence them and then influence us, right? And and that's that's how we share each other's goal, like our art, right? Like our gift. That's how we share it. You have to be able to connect at a level to share it, right? It's like you bringing me here, right, on the show. You you brought me to a level where I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to connect with this dude and share each other's gifts, right? Because that's the whole point of the gift is to be given. Yeah. Right. So I had to learn how to, right? So first I was like, yo, I just want to help people. And we, I took over the nonprofit. My mom started in honor of my brother. 
JPFMF. And we started serving people in multiple ways from uh, we literally from like three years old prep, like we gave a prep package to preschoolers, which was promote reading and enthusiasm. All right. And why is because we understand a lot of our self-worth comes to our early education. And if we can create better self-worth, that'll create less drug use, less bullying, less self-interest behavior and less suicide. Right. So if we can start addressing that early, we can start fixing it late. Right. So I'd rather address it so we cure it than fix it later because it's harder to fix later. Yeah. Right. So uh, we, we started doing we worked with um, uh, servicemen and women when they came back for mental health issues to uh, getting back into society. Um, we worked with literally, if you name them, from three years old to we had clients at 90 years old. We do grief and loss. Uh, we do scholarships. We do trainings. Um, it's like any way we could help, we were trying to help there, right? Nonprofit, bing, 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 right? Uh, and we still have that. The JPFMF still runs, and it's completely a nonprofit. There's not a salary paid within the nonprofit. It is 100% goes to cause. Now, what, right? is the, I, what, is, what does the acronym stand for? Joseph Patrick Faber Moral Foundation. Okay. Right, because so, that was my brother that passed. So if you got, uh, when we hop off, um, and, and and this goes out eventually on the podcast too, I want you to send me those links. This way people can um, get involved and also help out with, oh, with you. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you. All right. And because uh, that was the only way I knew how to help, right? So we would do fundraisers. So we would create more buzz about us and uh, revenue coming in so we could pass it out and do more. Right. We serve Thanksgiving meals. We adopt families at Christmas. Right. Like we do Igawa, which is equine assistant therapy. Right. So, I mean, we're all over the map with it, but that's how we knew how to help immediately. Right. Then I started growing myself and I was like, what what skills do I have? And one of my buddies was like, Mike, you've been in business so long. You understand business and marketing and how what sales really is like. Why don't you help people do that? Because I, we want to impact a billion people because we impact a billion people. Then you can stop suicides. Right. Because the ripple effect of that will go to the seven point eight, which will be eight soon. Right. So we know that. So we're like, all right, cool. How can we do that? I tried to do it one by one. I think I had like 400 in a year. You know what I'm saying? I would have to live to a million. Right? So I'm like, all right, so that's not going to work. So how can we empower others that are empowering others? And that's how it works. So I had to figure out the people that were so passionate about what they do, but didn't understand business, how I could show them how to do business so they could be passionate while also making enough to no longer live the life they want, but serve who they want. And so I went, I went to a million trainings for coaching because I, I'm like the coach hater. They call me, even though I'm in the coaching space, it's because I feel like there's a lot of frauds in the coaching space. So it's like with us, let's call a spade a spade. I'm going to be very honest. There are people, I love the meme that says, I didn't eat the brownie this morning. I guess I'm a health coach. All right. And uh, so I just started working, working, right? Building in here first, building here first to do out here. And I got so hyped. I was ready. And I told my buddy, come with me. We're going to go help somebody. And we went to this diner. And there was a guy sitting at the counter. It was in Dover. It was the Hollywood diner in Dover, Delaware. And the guy was sitting at the counter. I'm like, that's the guy I'm going to help. And I walked up to him. I'm like, sir, what's your biggest problem? And I'm going to solve it for you. Right. I'm young and dumb at this time. Right. And I'm super hype. And the guy looks at me dead straight in the eyes and goes, you. And I go, all right, sir. Thank you very much. And I walked away and I told my buddy, I'm like, see, we already fixed one person's problem. Let's go. <laughs> but that's how it started. And then it just kept growing and growing and figuring out because as you start down your journey, you start seeing further, right? Because you, you're going further down. Yeah. Right. So things become clearer to you. And so as I started walking, things started getting clearer to me. 
oh, we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. We could do these big events. We could do these small events. Like we could have this mastermind, right? Like we could do all these different things that we do. And that's how we can serve more and more and more and have help them serve who they serve more and more and more. Okay. Now I want to put out, you know, we've been friends. We just became friends and um, I'm very grateful for you. Um, you and know, but you. unfortunately, when I become a friend to somebody, I become a creeper. I, I follow oh, on, I like um, it. I'm a creeper too. I follow them on LinkedIn. I follow you on LinkedIn. I follow you on, you know, Facebook and you put out a post and that's why I wanted you to come on today about creating 100 millionaires in 2022. So I want you to talk about that. And because, you know, I've interviewed now some, even some billionaires and the one billionaire that I talked to, he said, the only difference between a poor person and a billionaire, well, there's two of them. There's their mindset mm-hmm. and their vocabulary. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference. So talk to us about the millionaire mindset and how you're going to help people. 100 people become millionaires in 2022. And I'm going to be one of them just throwing that Let's out. Let's go. Let's go. I love that. And I love that you resonate with that post. And, you know, yesterday I was just sitting there. And we were talking about goals uh, because uh, no longer do we want to finish this year strong, but we also want to finish it in the direction in which we're going to go in 2022, right? You don't want to finish yeah. it in the wrong direction and have to make up. So they were like, we were, we always have our company goals, right? And then they were like, Mike, what about like, what do you think? Like a goal that you want to do. And uh, we always try to think of a goal that's, uh, you always want to have some, uh, a goal that's service-based, right? Serving somebody, people, yeah. right? It's one of your goals should always be that because understand anything that you want yourself is going to come from serving others, yeah. right? It's uh, I forget who said it, Pihar Ecker, when he said you get enough people to get what, or Dirk Diggler, you get enough people to get what they want, you're going to get what you want. Yeah. Right. Um. So it was. I'm like, yo, listen, I know, like, with that kind of reach, right? If you had, if you had a million dollars, all it's going to do is magnify what's already there yeah. a million times, yeah. right? So I want to no longer I want to make a hundred millionaires. I want to help that. I want to guide them to do that. I want to help a hundred millionaires that are people with a serving heart that care about others. that want to do good for others. They want to make an impact in this world, leave a legacy that's above them rather than live longer than them. That's who I look for. Like, that's who I love to serve. Right? Like no offense. If you're like, I want a Lambo and I want to have an Island and no one can get to me. I'm probably not the person to work with. Right? Like I'm not going to be your person. Right? Like that's cool. Just not for me. Right? So, one, uh, I love what you said there about the two things. And I would say even you could almost put that all into one and it's going to be mindset. Cause when your mindset changes, your language changes, your understanding changes. Like when this changes, everything changes. All right. This was the first thing I had to work on for me to change. And then everything else started changing. Right. Because what you focus on grows. All right. So uh, the first thing we always work on in any of our programs is mindset. All right. Because that's key. If you don't have it, it won't work. Right. So um, we have to go through some of the things that are keeping us, holding us back, limited beliefs, right? Limited actions, because beliefs, the, the science momentum, right? Uh, your belief leads to action. Action leads to result. Re- result makes you believe your potential. Your potential affects your belief and it just keeps going, right? In this vicious cycle. So we have to get this thing to be a, a machine where it's like, it's what do we typically say? Oh, I can't do that. Look at all the stuff I've been through. All right. I can't do this. Look at, look at all the stuff that's happened to me rather than saying I can do this because all the stuff that's happened to me. 
I should be here because all the things I went through, right? And it's like, it's that shift where our story becomes our superpower. Our story becomes our strength. It's our greatest asset. No one went through what we went through, when we went through it, how we went through it. Nobody but us, right? That's our strength. So the more we can turn that to become our strength and not our limited belief, the more likely we are to be able to achieve and do things. Because then after we see it's possible, we learn how. We don't learn how before. Yep. And like, you know, like um, studying a, a, a gentleman that I've become acquainted with, his name is Tim S. Grover. And mm-hmm. he put out a book called Relentless. And mm-hmm. it talks about the mindset of Kobe Bryant and mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. there was no doubt when they stepped on the court, what they were going to do because their mindset started at home when they were getting dressed for the game. And I think a lot, a lot of people, you know, that especially in the business, they kind of just, you know, I'll be successful. You know, um, I might make a certain amount, but they don't want to be the best. They don't have the drive. They don't have, um, you know what I'm saying? They, they just don't have that oomph. They don't have the black mamba mentality. And unfortunately, in, or fortunately for people like us, people like Zach, we don't look like everybody else. You know, we don't look like the guys like Tony Robbins in a suit. <laughs> but, but when we show up and we're, we're all tatted up and we, you know, we show up in jeans and a T-shirt and people know they're not like everybody else. They have the, that black mamba mindset. I think that's a way that we can actually stand above the crowd. What are your thoughts? Hundred uh, percent. Listen, all that tells me is that this is this is why I love that because it tells me you're good being you, right? And that's huge. If, if you're not good being you, right? Like if you need the Rolex and the suit to feel something, there's a problem, right? Because I'm me. I feel me every day. Like I, I feel like me all the time, right? And I'm gonna be me all the time. I used to wear all the suits and stuff, but that's when I was trying to be something. Right. I don't try to be me. I'm just me. Right. So I stopped wearing the suits. I stopped. I, I don't have a Rolex anymore. Right. Like I stopped all that because it wasn't important. If the best thing about me is what I'm wearing, stay away from me. Right. Uh, because there's no there's no substance. So I 100 percent agree. And I think I think the tide's actually turning more and more towards the just show up, a, show up real. Like show up. There's a guy named Adam, Adam Lampton. He says this line. I loved it. He said, show up as the most accurate you, right? And I just thought that was a dope line. Just show up as the most accurate you because then it, like people, the people that are meant to love you and like you and follow you and listen to you, right, are going to. And the people that aren't, aren't. And that's what we want. Like That's all we want in life. If, you, if we're cool, let's be cool. Let's rock. If we're not, let's stay away from each other and just do our thing, right? So um, I love that line. I think you're 100% right. I think the space is changing more and more to being more real as you and less that polished image that we have to pretend this to act. This is our life. And you see Tony Robbins now, less suits, yeah. right? Dean Graziazzo, less suits, right? And you see guys like Eric Thomas and Trent Shelton and, and guys like ourselves that are that are making more noise in the space and being more visible in the space and Gary Vee's that, that don't wear suits. Right. Like they're not the suit token. We're we're at this level and you guys need to come to this level and look at us. We're at this level. Now we're just like we are. We know what we can do. We know what we bring to the table. And and that's where we're going to show our value, not by what outfit I'm wearing. You know, and I think something you just said um, really resonated with me. You know, we know what we bring to the table. 
and we're not afraid to eat alone. Yeah, I'm right, 100. You know what I'm saying? So what do you what do you say to the people out there that they're ready to make that switch, but they don't know how? What is a, a way to, that you can go from having a mediocre mentality to the millionaire mindset mentality? What are some steps? Actionable steps. Right? That, that's a great question. There's so many, right? I would start with this. Let's get real clear, right? Clarity is key, right? So let's get real clear. And let's be very honest with ourselves, right? This is one of the things either we were way too hard or way too comfortable. Like we try to make it too much like clouds and rainbows. Or we try to make it too much like dire, right? Let's be very real in the space. Let's, let's get real clarity so we know where we want to go. Because when we, see, when we see a better target, we know how to hit a better target, right? It's harder to see. It's harder to hit a target you can't see. Right. So let's let's go and, and get big clarity and let's start with where are we exactly in the areas of our life that mean something to us. So what I mean by that is like, where are we with our wealth? Right. And then let's get real detailed bank account. What is that? Right. Cash at hand. What is that? Assets. What is it? Right. Right. Like let's debt. What is it? Credit cards. What is it? Right. Like let's get real clear on everything. Let's let's write it out. Right. Let's put it on paper. Where are we? Boom. This is our starting line, right? So now we know where we're starting, all right? So we know where we're shooting from. Now, next step, what do we want? What do, like, what do we want our wealth to look like? What do we want our relationships to look like, right? Like, what do we want our health to look like? What do we want that to be? Now, write those down, right? And individualize them, right? I want to have, I want to be able to run this fast, this long, right? Like, whatever it is, I want to be able to lift this mount in this in this work in this workout right like if that's your thing if it's not i want to get out of bed without losing my breath right like whatever it is right let's let's be detailed and clear on what it is so let's be let's know where we're starting and know where we're ending right because now we have a start and finish and now we can connect dots right so now what's progress like what what's an action step i want to lift 100 pounds well first i have to be able to lift 10 right so let's put 10 pounds then 20 right 25 30 40 50 right and then so now we we can start connecting dots and get closer to our goal the more we can measure something the more we can manage it right and noticing progress is huge for wins because if we don't notice progress we feel struggle like we're not getting closer so we have to be able to identify wins right so then we can connect the dots now that we have dots and we know where we're going we know where we're starting we know where we're ending and we have these steps now we have these achievement stones that we know we can celebrate what's the first step you got to take Right. So the first step for my health, I might be have to get in the gym. I might be have to walk around town. Right. I might have to put down the suites, whatever it is. What's the first step. Right. So now you got crystal clear where you are, where you're going, the steps in between, and you know, the first thing you got to do. So now it's on you. Right. So if you want to be a millionaire, cool. First, let's start. Where are we? I'm 50,000 in debt or I have 200,000, whatever it is. All right, cool. Now, you know, your starting point and you know where a million is. Now, here's the one thing I would warn you. If you want to be a millionaire, don't aim for a million dollars, all right? Because that's the first thing I did, and I made a million and lost it, <laughs> right? So I would say aim for something higher than a million, right? You want to be a millionaire, so let's have multiple millions, right? And have a million as an achievement stone, because the problem is sometimes we make a target and then we hit it, and if there's nothing after that target. What's next? Mm. All right. So uh, continually having a target is, I think, something key too, but. Definitely have that start and that finish the achievement stones along the way and the first step to take because then you start going towards. And again, when we start going towards something, we start seeing it clearer. And then the clearer we see it, the more we know, the more we know how what we need to do, what we need to grow, or who we need to get for it. Now, something that you said, you know, that um, 
well, two things you actually said, you know, one thing, good thing about, you know, when I became blind, um, I actually get to listen to what a person's saying and actually soak it all in. And mm. one thing you said was, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, that even if you have a small win, make sure you celebrate that small win. Because then, you know, like the, like the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, you're just stacking. You're stacking habits, you're stacking wins, and eventually your wins are going to go up. So I love that. And then the second thing, um, a lot of people don't realize, you know, like my friend Gary Vaynerchuk says, you have to enjoy the process or else, because that's what it's all about. It's all about the process. He, you know, he wants to buy the Jets, but mm -hmm. he's enjoying the process building to be able to buy the Jets. So what mm -hmm. are your thoughts on um, celebrating your wins and also enjoying the process that you're in? Right. I, I love that you said that. And also, I love I love Gary Vee to buy the Jets. That's hilarious, right? I'm always like, you could buy a better team. Um, the uh, <laughs> right, Sorry, that's an old knock for New York. Um, the So, one, I think they're both crucial, right? Like, first, uh, identifying wins and celebrating wins, I think, are crucial to your mindset, right? Because uh, what's human behavior? If we feel pain from something, we don't want to do it. If we feel joy from something, we want it more, right? So we have to figure out how can we get this thing to operate as a way as what we would become if we don't do this thing will be painful. And by doing it, I feel joy because it's going to get me wins. It's going to get me to those points where I get to celebrate my people with what I love, right? Like, so we have celebrations, like we have moments of celebrate, like the things we are achievement zones. We actually celebrate as a team. All right. And there's things that we get when we celebrate that we're like, yes, like if some of our guys love sushi, so they get this great sushi place we have when we when we have our celebrate, like we win, let's go. Like and it, it creates that that mindset of let's go get this because we want this. It brings us joy. And if we don't, what's the pain from doing it? Right. And it, I think that we have to be able to work that because understand that our whole feature, like uh, like how we operate our operating system as human beings is pain and pleasure, right? For the most part, we try to avoid pain and try to get pleasure. Pain comes first, pleasure comes second. So if we know that, then we have to operate this in a way and make it understand that if we don't do these things, the pain we're gonna feel is worse than the pain of doing it, all right? It's, so it's like, I don't wanna be this person that does not work out or take care of my health in five years from now because that's gonna be hospital bills, you know, mm -hmm. battles, death, right? Like these things that, and I have things I need to wring out my towel more, right? So that's that's more painful to me, not being able to walk my daughter down the aisle than walking around the town I live in, yeah. right? So it's first part is create that. The second thing is a question I ask like everyone that I work with, associate with, and and, and any client that we have is that, do you, do you like, do you love what you do? And do you love what you do to the point where you want to put more time into it than anyone ever has? And it's because if you're willing to do that, we got a good shot, right? If you're not, we might not have a good shot, mm. all right? So it's like, are you willing to put more time in than anyone ever has into what you love? The things I love, I'm willing to put more time in than anyone ever has, right? The people I love, I'm willing to give them more time than anyone ever has, right? Like the areas, the areas that I serve in, I'm willing to give it more time than anyone ever has, right? I'm, I don't get caught up in the best, greatest, right? Like that's all perspective. 
right? Some people think Michael Jackson was amazing. Some people think he was awful, right? So it doesn't matter, right? Like that's perspective, but time isn't. That's a measurable thing, right? So we can know how much time we put into something. So if you're willing to put more in than anyone ever has, you're probably going to enjoy the process of doing it. If you're not, then you probably won't. Now talking about, um, okay. I, you know, I love that because um, I'm a big, you know, I'm a, I'm a big mindset guy. I'm always studying. I'm always reading. I'm always learning. Love it. And, you know, I forget who said it. Um, I, I think it was Dale Carnegie. I mean, we're going back to the early 1900s that mm -hmm. uh, consistency will always trump intensity over the long haul. Mm -hmm. So talk, talk to us about, you know, because there's some people you know, we all know because I was at GNC for 30 years, January 1st is going to be our biggest <laughs> day here. People are just going to come and spend buku bucks and, you know, the gyms are going to be packed. And then come April, the gyms are empty. The stores are back to normal because everybody starts that, that diet resolution, mm -hmm. but they're not consistent. They're just have intensity for about a week and then mm -hmm. they fall off. So talk to mm -hmm. us about intensity and consistency. All right. It's funny you bring that up. I talk about this often. One, I always say like a new year's resolution is like one of the worst things that can happen. Not creating a goal. That's a great thing, but we create it. And then a year later we check it. Like that means we have 365 days to get that far off course. Right. I'm like, make that goal, but check that thing daily. Right. Because it's like when the Vikings sailed West, they used a sundial and they checked it every day at noon to know how far they went off course so they could course correct quicker. Right. So they didn't just get lost at sea. So like, that's my idea. Like how can we course correct quicker? Right. How can we check more and more and more? Right. Because the more we uh, can measure something, the more we can manage it, the more we can manage, the more we can stay on task. Right. And it's like, and, and you know, you'll know this just like I do. Right. In the space we're in, people come in like a flash. There are people that every year do something bigger than me every year. Right. And then two years later, you don't hear from them and they're out of business. Right. Why? It's because they weren't willing to show up every day like you are. Right. They weren't willing to do this all the time. Right. They weren't willing to do this every day, every week, every month. They weren't willing to do these things. They weren't willing to put it in. And when you're not willing to put it in, you're not going to get the result consistently, right? Like that's why consistency is key. So you get the result consistently, right? And the more consistent you get results, you stack them. And that's the higher you go, right? So 100% consistency is key, right? Uh, being able to measure yourself, to manage yourself and your goals is key to be able to keep on progress consistently, right? Regularly, repeatedly, right? And, and it's like, I'm, I'm like the worst person for scheduling. Right. Like literally today I, I, I had a meeting before meeting this with you. Now I have a meeting after, right? Like it's like meeting, 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 meeting. I'm like worse with scheduling. I'm just like, yeah, sure. I'll talk to you today. Yeah, sure. I'll talk to you today. Yeah, sure. And then at the end of the day, I have 49 calls. I'm like, wow. Right. But it's that, and everybody's like, Mike, you gotta, you gotta do this different. You gotta do this better. But I'm like, but you don't understand being able to do this, being willing to do this and having the consistency to do this has made us have progress that we've had. Right. Has took us from two, three people sitting in a shanty as an office to having our own office building where we rent out all of our offices and have a whole floor to ourselves, right? And it took us from having seven people show up at an event to having hundreds of people show up at an event, all right? It's all because we've been consistent. It's all because we keep, you, you're gonna hear this, a lot of the same thing. You're, I'm not gonna switch up on you. I'm not gonna disappear, yeah. right? 
It's I'm going to stand on what we say and what we do. I'm going to stand on it every day. And, and I think that's the key to everything is consistency. Because when you're consistent, you get to see what you need to work on. When you're consistent, your skills keep growing. When you're consistent, your relationships grow. Right? Like when you're consistent, your bank account grows. Right? Like all the things you want. When you're consistent, it grows. Because even if you're not great at it at the start, which none of us are. Right? When you're consistent, at it, you're going to get better. Right? Like I wasn't very good when I first got in this. And I might not be very good now, but I'm still better than then. You know, and like they said, you know, you know, I'm a big sports guy, big sports freak. You know, you got to put in the reps. And Damn you, right. You know, if you're not putting in the reps, you know, even like my friend John Lee Dumas, he's got like one of the top podcasts in the world. Damn right. He's got, you know, 100 million uh, downloads and, he, you know, a million downloads a month. But for three years straight, he did seven shows a day, a week. So he's been consistency. And he always says, you know, you got to put in the reps. You're going to suck. You know, we all mm -hmm. sucked. You know, even Tom Brady, when he got picked Mr. Irrelevant <laughs> and pick 199, you know, he had to start somewhere. All right. You know, we all got to put in our reps. So mm -hmm. now how do we work with you? How do we, how can we get involved in this 100 oh, millionaires nice. in 2022? Right. It's funny you brought that up because I actually made a post this morning. And in the post, I said, how many reps does it take to be a champion? Where do you think I got it from? Oh, look at you. Jeez, you do, you do stalk well. I, mean, I, may, I, I met a good competitor in the uh, a worthy adversary in the stalking world. Right? And um, for me, right, like uh, one, I would say connect with me. Right. Uh, we're not everybody's cup of tea. We're very real, raw. We're going to come at you. We're going to be very open and honest. We're going to, we're like, we're not going to BS the space. We're not going to sugarcoat it. If you want to come in with rah rah shiskaba and like looking GQ and not having any substance, we're in the wrong crowd, right? Like, if you're really about having a better life, serving people, and making other people's lives better while making yours better, cool, hit me up, right? And that, I would say find me on social media, Michael Faber, pretty much everywhere. Uh, I think Instagram is the only place where I'm like the coach, Mike Faber. Um, hit me up. I'll show you. We have websites for everything. I can show you all the different websites we have for what you're interested in, for what you're looking for. And really, I would say the the, the thing I would not miss, and I would try to do it sooner rather than later uh, to secure your spot, is the Nashville uh, event, April 22nd and 23rd. Uh, right now, it's extremely low for everything that's included. Um, it's only going to be like that for, I think, five more days. Um, and if you hit me up after you saw the show, even as a podcast, if you hit me up and just say the show's name, right, or Richard uh, to me, I'll give it to you for that price, just because of the respect I have for Richard and what he does. All right. So um, hit me up whenever you hear this. If you hit me up and say Richard sent me, um, we'll give you that the, the price that is right now. And listen, your hotel's included. The event's included. We have a celebrate, a celebrate Unleashed party during it. I always tell you we celebrate wins. Us all being together is a win. We have this amazing party. Crazy things are going to happen at it. Uh, you get different blueprints that we use to create our businesses uh, that, that have worked for us, the principles, strategies, and tactics we use, right? Like, so it's a beautiful offer at a very low price. I would jump on that uh, to see if you really resonate with us and see where you go from there. All right. Last question I have. Um, and, and I ask a thousand people and I get a thousand different answers. You know, yes, he's still now with his whole Omni core, whatever the hell they call it, the new the new virus crap. 
um, you know, our amazing governors up in, in New York and New Jersey are probably going to put us back on lockdown again. Um, so, you know, we have a lot of families that, that lost jobs. So they're driving Uber, they're driving DoorDash just to put food on the table. So if I ask the average American to do something in seven days, they're pretty much never going to get to it. But if somebody's listening to this and I ask them to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely. So I'm going to ask you two questions because that's the kind of guy that you are. One, if somebody is struggling in, in their business, what can they do in the next 24 hours to start to get some help? And the second question I think is the most important. If somebody is struggling with their mental health, what is something they could do in the next 24 hours so they don't end up eating their gun? Brother, that's two huge questions, right? Um, if you're struggling mental health, there's two. So the, to to take one's life, there's typically three pieces. One is to feel isolated, right? Like you're completely alone. No one gets it. No one understands. You wouldn't know, right? That's all the things I said. There's all the things I believed. Right. No one understood what I was doing. No one believed like no one gets this. No one lived this life. You wouldn't understand. Right. And that's not true. Right. You're not completely alone because, yes, I might not know. I might not understand, but you're not alone. We're here. Right. You're not you're not alone. Like you always got us. My phone number and my email are public, literally directly to me, not some BS SMS service, not some robot. Like you literally can hit me up at any time of the day because when I say you're not alone, I really mean it. I want to prove it. So I'm not one of those guys that say you're not alone and then say, hey, uh, you can't talk to me though, right? Like, no, you can call me at any time, right? And then second thing is feel like a burden, right? Like you're bringing the people you care about the most down, right? Like you're weighing on them. And I promise you, the even if you are weighing on somebody, right? Like I'm not even going to say you're not, right? Because at times we all are. Even if you are, the weight of you here is better than the weight of you not from from my life experience from understanding and living it right from seeing what it does as from someone in a family to someone as a friend to my own demons that i fought the burden of you here is less than the burden of you not right so if you care about the burden you're putting on people if that's your thing understand you here is better it's less right so and then the third one is harm yourself beyond repair that's the hardest one. It's our operating systems meant to protect us and save us. So when we do those things, it's, 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 we have to go against how we're wired. That last part, we can't do anything about, but we can do about things, making people feel isolated, make people feel like they're a burden. So I would say, if you're feeling like that and then call, make the call, because here's the deal. The bet, the worst moments of my life have led to the best things in my life. Right. And I'll say that again. The worst moments of my life have led to the best things in my life. The worst moments of my life have led to my purpose, period bar none. All right. So, and then, so that's the first question. If anyone's at that point, stop. All right. It's here's the deal. Life isn't fair, but we can make it worth it. So let's make it worth it. All right. And then the last question you asked about business. All right. The last question you asked about business. What's one thing you can do right now is go back to the foundations. Normally it's the, the beginning is the hard part. So go back and say, who's, who are you serving and under identify them 
as as best you can. What are their struggles right now? What are their pain points? What are their problems? What's the pressure they're feeling? What's their stressors? What's keeping them up at night? And then what's their goals? What's their dreams? What's the desires they try to get to? Things like that. Um, I would say go all the way back to the foundation because typically when something's wrong with your business, it's not the glitter and the glam. It's the foundation wasn't built strong enough to build more from where you are. I love it. So guys, you need to check out my brother, um, changing the game. Um, and, and I'm very grateful that he's in my inner circle now. And I think we're going to be doing some great things together guys. Um, also, if you're like me, if you like coffee, if you like high energy coffee, my coffee just hit the streets yesterday. Check out vertical momentum coffee. If you, if you don't want that Folgers in your cup, but you want something by soldiers in your cup, definitely pick out vertical momentum uh, coffee. If you like the swag, pick it up. All, all my proceeds go to help veterans that are struggling with mental health issues and homelessness. So I don't make any money off anything that I do. So I just want to throw it out there. Michael, brother, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for hanging on. And what was the name of your nonprofit again? And how do they get in touch with it? Uh, JPFMF. And you can look that up on Facebook, uh, internet, website, wherever you want. Uh, JPFMF. And let us know how we can serve you. Def definitely. Um, especially that's got a big soft spot in my heart. I am a suicide survivor. So it's a big thing in my heart. And I will definitely uh, put that out there. Guys, remember vertical momentum. The only way to go is but up. See you next time. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new T-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee. And, and it, will, it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built so if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives. Thank you for joining us today please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.